0: This is the On The Touchline podcast. We're your host, Jason Broadwater and Aaron Rodgers. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the On The Touchline podcast. Uh, what a interesting set of circumstances since the last time we were able to talk to you as a listening audience the world has basically come to a grinding halt. (laughs) And um, that has impacted your life, Aaron, that has impacted my life, uh, and virtually every other person's life here in the world. Um, So before we talk about uh, our first world problems, um, I I just want to say how much admiration and respect and um, just absolute love for the nurses, doctors, healthcare providers that are you know, working around the clock right now um, in support of uh, trying to eradicate the coronavirus and uh, helping those that are sick and, and suffering and, and everything like that. that. And uh... Aaron, I have a feeling you probably feel the same way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think this is kind of an unprecedented time, and and a lot of gratitude goes to those that are, are on the front line. As always, I think we should always we should always. Um, give gratitude to them as as nurses and doctors and 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 epidemiologists that are trying to find vaccines and cures and and so do appreciate everything they do and um and also i do appreciate um teachers i think we all are going to appreciate teachers more and more as our children are at home and we're having to to Find lessons for them to do, or or help them through their lessons as they're here at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know we've seen lots of kind of silly memes and things on social media about how they're one day into into uh, homeschooling and they've already got two kids suspended, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> but I think that uh, it it is another thing to to remember to uh, thank those teachers that are those that have children that send their children to school every day as well. Yeah.
0: That's only at my house, by the way. Um my, my kids are uh, you know, walking around <laughs> trying to beat each other with soccer balls and go <laughs> each other um it it has been interesting though. And and before we get to our guests, just to talk a little bit about what this has meant for you and I, um, you know, we're we're moving along here in the the spring semester and things were are kind of really starting to shape up and Um, you know, I'm in a new role uh, with the program that I'm at, and obviously you were playing games as part of your spring season, and, um, you know, spring training, and, uh, you know, speed and agility, and all those different things, and felt, you know, from my end, um, that my group of guys, we were starting to make some really great progress, um, was getting more and more excited about fall, you know, by the day, Um, and then it just came to a grinding halt, and so luckily, and, as you and I had talked off air um, a week or so ago, Aaron, that thank God the technology exists um, you know today that's available to us uh, because I've been more connected to the players, and for any coach listening to this, go out of your way to check on your players to see how they're doing um, you know just to to show that you care and you know, we're all trying to navigate this together. Um, I don't come to this with any answers or, hey, here's some five things you should do or not do. But um, just to know that, you know, that you, they mean value to you um, as a person and then as a player and that um, you're trying to, just to make sure that they're safe and and okay. Because, uh, you know, I I feel like someone took the world and kind of dumped it on its head. You know, like those old... um, Uh, I forget what they're called, but the the sand, you know, when you dump the sand over and at the the time, you know, you have so much time before it runs out. Hourglass. Hourglass. Thank you. Uh, (laughs) I mean, that's what it kind of feels like right now. You know, Um, it's a weird time to be alive. And I feel like I say this five times a day now, um, but it is a weird time to be alive.
1: Yeah, I, I uh, agree. And I think, you know, and maybe this is a good time to, step back and re- just reflect on, on your life in general and, and count your blessings, whatever you cliche. Um, but I think it's, it's important anyways. And, you know, I, we all kind of got – our players were on spring break. And the last time I saw our players face-to-face was March 6th. And now at this point we won't see them until um, the beginning of August and you know our lives are our teams, and you know outside of our families, you know that our job is our life as well, and our job is our teams, and and you know we're so connected emotionally with our program, and and to 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 miss seeing them on a daily basis and watch them grow and watch them develop as as people and and as players, you know because we hope that they, you know we want to help them fulfill whatever goal they may have, and. And um, and so I miss seeing them, uh, you know. But you're right. Stay connected, text, phone calls. It's very easy to to video conference now through Zoom and or um, go to meeting or WebEx or Microsoft Teams. You know, there's something that, and I think it's a lot of places probably would are very inexpensive, if not free be able to to video conference with with the players and and you know and the other thing that and i think they do a pretty good job of it but continue to encourage them to communicate with each other because they would be seeing each other on a on a daily basis if they're still on campus and so we we've just we've put our team in into small groups uh, that they're responsible for having a video conference with their small group every week, and then we cross cross that over. And then we also meet as a, as a team every week through video conferencing as well. Um, up and, up until our our countable hours are over, um, and which would transition into the summer. Um, so it's uh, it's, it's an unprecedented time, as you said, and we're all still working the ins and outs of it. But um, I know we'll all come through um in the end for sure
0: yeah it, it's also made recruiting incredibly interesting um you know in in some ways uh re- recruiting has been full steam ahead um you know and i was talking with somebody who's a, a basketball coach and one of my best friends um that you know telling him that you know it, it's great you get to the point with a recruit and their family and then it's like okay the next step would be a campus visit and you go oh, (laughs) I can't do that. (laughs) Um, So, you know, virtual tours and virtual campus tours have been utilized for sure. Um, You know, and I hope for all of our sake um, that we're back on the pitch, um, back to training sessions, back to some, you know, uh, normalcy here sooner than later. Um, Because I think we need it. But I also agree with you, Aaron. This may, and it sounds kind of weird saying this, I hope we come out of this better off in terms of how we treat one another and how we value relationships with each other. And, you know, maybe I'm, I'm dreaming sort of a, of a poetic romance here, but um, you know, it's, it's okay to hit the pause button sometimes Um, because I, you know, I think for us, it's always go, 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 go. When you're forced to take that, you know, pause or that break, it really makes you reevaluate, you know, and, I've gone down some weird rabbit holes of YouTube, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Try to stay off of that. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. How'd I get here? How'd I get yeah. here? No. Anyway, uh, so yeah. So we know everybody's dealing with the uh, the coronavirus. And like I said, hopefully sooner than later, we can be back to, uh, to some normalcy. So in this episode, uh, we talked to Vince Luciani. And uh, Vince is the founder of thelegacycoaching.com. And uh, Aaron, you've known Vince for a while. Um, he's an Ohio U guy, uh, but uh, originally from Canada. And uh, tell the listening audience a little bit about his background and, and what he does.
1: Well, Vince is Canadian, as you said, and was a football player, coaching, and then came and was a GA for the Ohio University football, American football team and uh, went through the masters of coaching education here um i i knew vince a little bit through my ga at the time who was in the same program um as vince years ago uh and and got to meet vince a little bit then and then as as i followed his career and as he moved back to canada and was becoming a professional um, following his career and and what he was doing i kind of followed his his the legacy coaching and followed him through social media and the opportunity to speak with him from time to time and he's just such a fascinating energetic enthusiastic empathetic human being and he just has this passion for helping people learn and gain and value themselves for who they are not what they do and it's so much about what we talk about to help our student athletes our athletes our young athletes to be the best person they can be and we have to get to a point to value ourselves more than whatever our success or or our accomplishments are just in sport and so uh, vince is is a wonderful wonderful um deliverer of that message and i look forward to talking to him
0: Uh, i do as well and uh excited to have vince on the show um guys if you if you like this podcast it really does mean a lot to aaron and i if you share it on social media uh you can tag us at any time and uh we'll plug our handles here in just a sec But if you listen on Apple Podcast, um, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast. That way you'll never miss a new episode. And um, we publish every Wednesday. So uh, leave a five-star rating and a brief review about the show and help more and more people find out about the On a Touchline show. Aaron, if uh, people want to connect with you on social media, how can they do that?
1: At Ohio Soccer Coach on Twitter and Instagram. And Facebook, Aaron Rodgers, but that might be problematic to find that one with some other person's name, famous guy named Aaron Rodgers. But that's where you can see me trying to kick little miniature soccer balls into bins because I'm bored in this quarantine in my backyard.
0: (laughs) And you can find me uh, at Soccer Coach JB, uh, both on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, much like Aaron, um, I was challenged to do. A ten push-up uh, challenge. Um, by the way, I absolutely suck at push-ups. <laughs> but let that be known, uh, for the record, um, that I am just not good at push-ups. Um, I would I would have been terrible if I went to the military. <laughs> I guess I would have learned. I don't know. But anyway, you can check us out on social, and uh, yeah, be sure to subscribe to the show. Really excited to give you Vince Luciani in the latest episode of the On the Touchline podcast. So Vince, for people that don't know your backstory and, um, you know, kind of how you've gotten to where you are and and what you're doing now, um, they may have seen your work, uh, you know, on social media and online. But uh, t- tell folks a little bit about who you are and, and, and your backstory.
2: How many hours do we have? <laughs> <laughs> as long as you need. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll, I'll keep it quick. Um, yeah, my my thing is I was, I was always an athlete growing up. I uh, played just, just about every sport. And then I got to a point where I, I made a decision. Uh, basketball was always my passion, but I picked football because I was better at it. Um, and got it, played five years in college, uh, had a lot of injuries and started to taste coaching a little bit because of that. And, uh, the year after I coached in the CFL for a year, uh, then went down to Ohio U for two years uh, as a GA with the football team. I got my master's in coaching. And then one night I was playing pickup basketball at the, at ping and which is the rec center. And then, uh, I tell people I was going up for a dunk, but really I was just dribbling off the court. And I ruptured my patella tendon in my left knee and uh, like looked down. My kneecap was in my quad. Like it was, it was disgusting. Um, but I had to have emergency surgery, came back home to Canada. Um, and in that time I lost my job as the coach because they needed somebody for spring ball. And then I had to get a job up here. So I got hired at Lululemon. So that's why actually it's funny. We were talking about the shirts earlier, but um, I got hired at Lululemon within the first week of getting hired. My manager sat me down to talk about my goals, which is like a, it's a common thing in the Lululemon culture. And she sits me down and she said, Vince, who are you? I was like, oh, I'm a football coach. And I was wearing my Ohio football sweater. And uh, she's like, no, that's just what you are. Who are you? And she just sat with me and I just started crying because I, for, in that moment for 27 years of my life, I realized I let what I, I, let what I did define who I was. And I never thought about who I was without all of my titles, without all of my accomplishments. And that space she gave me then, because she was a coach. And so she gave me space to sit with it. Usually I was so used to like people coming in to give me advice. It's like, this is the answer. She sat with me and let me find my own. And I found that so powerful. So after that moment, um, you know, I was still working at Lululemon and I was, I was working with kids and I started to test out different lessons that I had created based on my own life experiences of not knowing who I was, not knowing my purpose, my success, et cetera, et cetera. And then it got to a point where I realized I had something. So I tested out on pro athletes um, to to get testimonials, to work with more kids. And it just kind of created this thing. And uh, which is the legacy coaching. And what I do is I help athletes understand who they are beyond what they do. And so I created a, um, a, it's a whole uh, practice of, Uh, mindful mental training. So I take, uh, athletes through, they're they're like, uh, it's like journal exercises on steroids. Um, but with mindfulness principles. So the idea is to detach from what is not important. We must first define what is. So in order to detach from needing the label of being an athlete, we must first define who we are without the label. And so it's really interesting because I, I, The exercises I take athletes through are are so simple that an eight-year-old can go through them. And it's just questions. I don't have the answers. I just take them through questions to help them find their own answers. Because as an athlete, I always had, like I said, I always had people come in and be like, this is success. This is how you get there. And then it just further suppressed what I truly wanted in my life because I was like, oh, I'm not that. So I love creating space for athletes to to find themselves and to to define who they are.
0: Vince, I love uh, on your website that you list your values. in mm-hmm. so truth, love, space, and guided discovery. And the, the questions piece, I would suspect, would be obviously the, the guided discovery. Um, what is it like working with athletes? And do they know their blind spots? Um, I, I'm really curious uh, what your experience has been
2: it's a it's a mix it's a it's a really big mix um yeah to date i've worked with thousands and thousands of athletes and what i would say the majority are so focused on making themselves better as a as just an athlete that they they neglect the blind spots of them as a human being and i don't want to generalize and say all of them but what happens is this is a part of the athlete identity issue is we focus so much on one label. We forget that when we focus on ourselves as a human being, it takes care of all of our labels. And so the, the idea is getting them to zoom out. Um, but what I, what I have found challenges in is uh, a lot of athletes um, that we, I'm going to say we, cause I, you know, I was an athlete as well. We love to hang on to the things that we believe um, create our self-worth. And so the idea is if I don't define my own self-worth, what I'm doing defines my self-worth. So for instance, if I don't, if I don't truly love myself, I'm going to rely on me being a football player to score touchdowns and win games to get love. And so what I see a lot of is a lot of athletes relying on their label and their titles and their accomplishments. To whether it's to introduce themselves, whether it's to, you know, um, get attention, recognition, whatever it is. Um, but that's that's what I notice a lot is, is the reliance on that title. And they're not wrong. Like, you know, we're not taught how to, how to embrace who we are within our sport. Um, you know, and I know some coaches are great at it and, and some have a lot of work to do. Uh, But it's all about awareness. Like, that's the thing is we're always going to screw up. And we're always going to, you know, like even me, like I get caught up sometimes in being like, you know, I'm a speaker. I'm a coach. It's like, yeah, but Vince, who are you without all that? You know, like that's, it's just a constant practice of of going back and going like, because, and and what's so crazy about the times that we're in right now with the isolation is athletes, like you, you see the messages in the tweets from athletes, they're physically practicing this detachment that I'm talking about. They're forced to do it. Well, who am I without the things that I'm doing every day? Who, who am I without the training? Who am I without the games? Who am I without the practices? So it's, that's, the, that's what I see in a lot of athletes is the discomfort when they face that. And so what I help is I help give them the tools so that it's a little less uncomfortable.
0: I put out a uh, a tweet earlier today about watching um the thirty for 30 about Dennis Rodman and um I played basketball uh, and like basketball much like you um, and so he he was my favorite basketball player growing up as a kid um, because I tried to, to sort of pattern my game uh, similar to his you know he was he was never the best player, but he was always the the glue. Of any team, and when he played for the Pistons and other teams, the Bulls, whatever, um, the amount of emotional baggage that he was carrying around, and he was being, I think, incredibly authentic, uh, you know, in that thirty for thirty, um, and I think it's for better or worse, is is what it's called, um, was was really amazing to me to watch, and and actually hard to watch at times because he knows that, um, you know, he defined himself largely through athletics but there was so much that he neglected um you know as an athlete which you know quite truthfully his work to his detriment um at times and his led him down paths that uh you know have been really difficult as a human he's had to struggle with some some really tough things um what i guess what advice would you give You know, and and so uh, with one of the the mental health people that I had worked with in my life, and, you know, she was very insistent on a lot of what has happened in our lives and how we sort of see ourselves comes from childhood. And in my case, what I was working to address in my life, 100% was true. (laughs) You know, a a lot of that came from childhood. Um, I wonder if... You know, where do you fall on that? Or, you know, kind of what do you think?
2: I'm going to answer with a story. Yeah, go ahead. So uh, two summers ago, I was coaching my four-year-old cousin's soccer game. And it was their first game of the season. And so all the kids are showing up. They put on their jerseys backwards. They're bumping into each other. The parents, you know, they're sitting there with their lawn chair, like their lawn chairs, got their coffee, everything set up, you know. And the game starts and I'm coaching. So I'm like, I'm loving this because I love coaching kids. It's just so, it's so um, pure. It's so authentic, right? So I got a kid over here picking uh, dandelions in the middle of the game. I got a kid over here stopping just to hug his opponent. <laughs> I've never seen that before. And then we were on a breakaway and we kicked the ball and we completely miss. It goes about seven yards to the right of the net. But the goalie on the other team picks up the net and shifts it over just so that we would score. And I'm watching this. I'm like, this is beautiful. And so what I observe in that moment is love for the moment, love for the moment, love for the opponent and love for the game. So I'm watching this. I'm like, this is great. And I'm not, you know, I'm not telling any of them that they're wrong. Like, I'm just like, I'm observing halfway through the game, the same kids that were doing those things started to get really upset. And I was like, okay, like, why are they upset? Like they were just having so much fun. But I realized it's because parents were only cheering when they would either kick the ball or score. And so the intention of the game completely shifted for playing, from playing for the love of the game to playing for the love of everyone watching. And what I realized as I stepped back is this is where the athlete identity is formed. When I kick the ball, I am loved. Mm. When I don't kick the ball, I am not loved. And so this is where we start to formulate our identities. And absolutely, it's, it's childhood. And it's not just sport. For me as a kid, I, I created the identity of being the joker, the funny guy, because I was uncomfortable feeling isolated from groups. So I was like, what's going to get me into those groups? I'm going to be the joker so everyone laughs at my jokes, because that's what's com- comfortable for me. If I know everyone's laughing at my jokes, I know that I'm accepted and loved. If I'm not joking around, therefore I am not accepted and loved. So part of my identity was being the joker, being the funny guy. So I pieced together all these things from my childhood and what i believe is it's formulated based on the people who we believe love us the most and this is why self love is so so important for athletes because you take over your identity the second you choose to love yourself more than everybody else and absolutely comes from childhood and the best part is it can be i don't want to say fixed cuz it's not broken but it can be helped with children while they're while they're young Um, And and that's why it's so important to me to, to work with young athletes as well as, you know, pro athletes and Olympians and all that, because they're sitting there trying to prove their worth through their sport. But the second you put the mirror up and go, but do you love yourself more than your sport loves you? That's where their world starts to change. And I, I, you know, I agree with everything you said. And I think it's, I think it's really important that we, we start to think, are we, are we teaching our kids? That the outcomes are more important than them, because what happens is thirty years down the road, you've got a retired athlete. They're dealing with the exact same thing; it just looks a hundred times different.
1: I think you 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 know you talk about the joy of the game and the, with children. Um, what a lot of people talk about when you when you're with your child, you know, young children after the game to have that decompression time and and you know and a lot of people say to say to your child i just love watching you play don't talk mm-hmm. about goals or saves or or catches or runs but just i just loved watching you play i enjoyed yeah. being there watching you enjoy that um and i think that's huge as you start coaching because as you transition from being a a child with your parent then you're obviously a a, an athlete or a student athlete with a coach how does that relationship because i as a coach you can't really say after a game if you don't perform i just loved watching you guys play today <laughs> it hit, you know yeah. i mean so, yeah. so so what would you say to that i mean cuz i think that's that's really important because again these children or these student athletes or or high school athletes or 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 academy players club players they still have that inner child in them, and they want to be affirmed, and they want to be loved. And so, they, you made a you made a statement just a minute ago that they're looking for that affirmation, even from a college coach, a, a youth coach, a professional coach, or whatever it is. They're looking for that affirmation. So, what what is something that? How can a coach work with a player? to create that understanding or that communication lines so that they still Mm -hmm. recognize, because we all want to, we do care about our players. I mean, I care about our players immensely first as people, you know, but we do have a job to do and we have to get the most out of them as it relates to performance as well. Mm
2: -hmm. So the first thing I'll say is I believe when, when the, the love comes from within and I'm going to go back to the, to the answer, but when the love come from, comes from within it's fulfillment, within or without the sport. So the whole idea is I believe that the best outcomes happen when every athlete is fulfilled from the inside out. So the, the, my, the reason why I say that is because we want the perspective to be on them filling themselves up first and then the outcomes being the byproduct of that. So it's like, you know, when people say, trust the process, mm-hmm. I don't believe in, that. I believe in trust your process because every athlete has their own but it's the idea of, of, of getting them to celebrate their own process. And what I mean by that is celebrating the th- things that are entirely within their control. And that's through reflection, even if they messed up, it's like, it's not celebrating them for messing up, but it's about getting them to reflect on their actions and with questions. And uh, rather than telling them, because this is just my perspective. I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to tell you how to coach or anything. Cause I, I know you've got some things figured out, but, the idea of like, if I were to tell a coach I'm working with, it's, do you ask more questions than you tell the answer? And I know that we also live in it. Like, I know the outcomes are the, like, that's what brings us money and it generates income in the school, et cetera, et cetera. My whole belief is when we empower that athlete, it's, it's an empowered team and that further leads us towards the outcome. So asking them things, uh, asking them to direct their perspective and awareness on things that are entirely within their control So taking responsibility, um, you know, any mistakes, uh, reflecting on it, what can you learn from it? The next time that play happens, what are you going to do? What would you like to do? And then further supporting them on that journey. What I see a lot when I'm on sidelines is coaches telling the, telling them the answer. And I see it in football a lot where it's like, there's no, the athlete has no space or no say. So of course they're not going to feel empowered. And so, It's the it's the balance, right? And and I think the 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 key is intention. If your intention is to help them love themselves, they're gonna feel that. If your intention is ego and you you want to make them feel small, they're gonna feel that. And that's why I always tell coaches the best way because coaches will go, "Can you fix the problem on my team?" And then what ends up happening is you go, you know, put the mirror up in front of the coach. It has a lot to do with how the coach is treating themselves because your embodiment as a coach is the strongest message you could ever give to your team. It's so strong that you don't even need to say anything. So if you, if you live and die by the outcome, your team is going to live and die by the outcome, regardless if you say trust the process or trust your process. And, and that's what I try to, that's, that's why truth is one of my values. It's like it, we have to live what we're preaching. And so that's, that's the thing is like if, if you celebrate yourself unconditionally, your athletes will celebrate themselves unconditionally. It's like the embodiment is so strong because as an, as a coach, you realize, you know how much of an influence you are as a coach. It's, it's beautiful. And when I say you, by the way, I'm not pointing at you. I'm speaking to any coaches listening. I'm speaking to anybody uh, out there, but yeah.
1: Well, you know, can you say, cause we all, I mean, I think that's a pretty, pretty um, present thing to say, Is trust the process and i think and i really appreciate what you say about that what if what if we just said trust process trust process in general because you're right that can incorporate the process of my my individual process our group process our team's process whatever because i there is a process to everything and, but if you say the process, well, what is the process? I'm guilty of that. I say that it's in our stuff. Totally. Trust the process. Trust, trust what we're doing. You know what? But how do we define that in, in, in the? And, and I think you're right, because we do have our own processes. We do have our own individual journeys. And, and that leads me to something that I have found fascinating for so, so long. I had an administrator tell me one time. Not every player on your team wants to win. And mm-hmm. and this is and this is as a Division I head coach thinking that, oh man, these student athletes are Division I athletes. Of course they want to win. They are they wanna they wanna run through a wall, they wanna do this and that. And the more I've done this, the more I think about the complexities of what was said Mm. what would you say to that because i find it so fascinating and i and in many ways and i'll give you my thoughts too in a minute but i would love to hear just i don't know if you've thought of that or if i've even said that to you in the past but Mm. what is your initial reaction to to hearing that because it's not even just d1 or d2 or d3 or 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 canadian league or professional you know that doesn't mean that i would even say that not Every professional athlete wants yeah. to win.
2: Yeah. And I and I agree. And, and I think the one the thing I'll say about that is, but every athlete wants love. And whether that comes from you know the scoreboard or it comes from a coach, every athlete is playing for love. And what I what I say, what I immediately think of that is when we focus like, and this is again, some people may think this is fluffy hippie stuff, whatever, but when (laughs) we focus on giving them what they truly want in the moment, they will do whatever they want for us. Because if it, and I'm not saying, I'm not saying if, if an athlete just wants constant confirmation, you just keep confirming and affirming them. It's the idea of understanding that they all have different paths to get to the same place. And that same place, like that's why I trust the process. I don't, Believe in it because there isn't just one way. Like, look at our lives. Look at how different the three of our lives are, and we're all going to the same place. Mm-hmm. And that's how I look at it with with winning. Is that's why I believe in winning from within. Because for every single athlete, it's different. And what I always what I always tell coaches is there's three questions you can ask an athlete, or three start you know prompts of a question. What when you ask what you're getting them to look through their eyes at what they see. When you ask them how you get them to think when you ask them why, you get them to feel. And when you connect those three, that's when you're going to start to see what what makes them tick. And this is why having these one-on-one conversations is important. This is why having those group workshops and and even like pre-practice or post- And I know you do some of that stuff. But it's like it's so powerful because when you create space for athletes to express, they don't feel suppressed. And that's when they feel empowered. When their truth starts to come out, that's when they're like, whoa, I'm respected in this space. Respect is love. My truth is love. And so, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: No, I, I was just going to add to that because you talk about, you know, we, and we've heard a lot of people talk about what's your why? What's the company's why? What's the a- athlete's why? And, and, it, and, it's, and it's so foundational because we all come, as you said, we all come from a different place. And we're all, even on a team of 28 players or or 85 players or however many are in inside your group, every one of them is there for a different reason, yeah. be it because they need a scholarship or they need to make money, or that's the only way that they feel affirmed in life. But we all have to meet each other at a common ground as a team, To but we have to respect each other's yes. place that they're coming from. Yes.
2: And that's, and that's why it's, it's so beautiful to give them space to even express that because you don't know how many people or how many athletes are on teams sitting there going, whoa, I'm not as motivated as this person. Whoa, I'm not, I don't have the same why as this person. Whoa, I don't think like this person. And they compare. And mm-hmm. comparison, it's the thief of joy, mm-hmm. as I'm sure you've heard. Mm-hmm. It's like you want your athletes to be the most elevated, passionate athletes they could possibly be so that they could be at their best both on and off the field. You know? Yeah. I'm I'm so glad you said that. Yeah. Go ahead.
1: Well, I mean, I think, and that's what, that's our, that is our challenge. And that's been my challenge over the last five years is to find a way to reach each individual, to make, make them, that's not the right word, but to encourage them to find that inner drive to want to do the best that they can.
2: Yeah.
1: And that's 28 different reasons when we have 28 people on a team. Yeah.
2: And I, and I love that you said inner, inner drive, because, you know, I, I said this the other day and it, you know, I think I made some people uncomfortable, but I always say, if your why is something outside of yourself, you're out of alignment. Yeah. yeah. Because I, you know what I, I, and this, this hits me hard because a lot of people are like, oh, I do this for my, my dad. I do this for my sister. I do What happens when they're gone? You just all of a sudden don't want to do it anymore? It's got to come from within. Because the thing is, when you start to fill yourself self up from within, it pours out into those people. But if it's from someone else, if it's for someone else, you're going to be living for that person. You're not going to be living for you. And that's why these shirts are upside down and flip. You're living your legacy. You're not living anybody else's. And yeah, <laughs> I love it. I love it. But that, that, that's just it. Because I, I hear that, that answer. It's like, find your why. Great. What's your, your why? Oh, it's for my mom. Oh, it's for my, my friends. Oh, it's for the... It's like, you're, it, it's, not about, it's not about changing what you're doing. It's about changing why you're doing it so that it comes from that inner drive. Mm-hmm. That's why I love that you said inner. So powerful,
0: Vince. Do you think that um, just given the the upside down nature of today's world, that you know athletes are getting almost conflicting messages, right? Um, yeah. You know, so and here's what I mean by that. You know, trust the process or trust your process um, or trust process. Period. But yet, if they go on any social media platform. There isn't whole much, there isn't much in the way of trusting anything <laughs> other than people yelling, <laughs> you know, <laughs> at one another for, for the most part. Um, so how do you be, or how do we teach our athletes to be patient in trusting that process or trust their process in a world that is not patient, in a world that is rushed, in a world that's um you know, just coming at you from all angles right now?
2: Uh, that's such a great question, especially now. My answer is stillness. Um, you know, if it's really loud out here, then it's going to be, you know, if we focus on the loudness out here, it's going to be really loud in here. But it's about finding the quiet in here um, and, and defining what's going on in here. Because I believe our relationship with stillness is a direct reflection of our relationship with ourselves. And if we're, if if we, you know, if you think of the average athlete, always on, we're always on the phone. We're always like on Instagram, social media. And then it's, I always ask them, like, do you have, can you sit still for five minutes? No, I can't. Great. It's a great place to start because that that just shows me that they have a hard time not listening to other people Hmm. because our our attention, if my attention is always anchored in others, I'm always going to be living for others. And if others tell me I'm not good enough, I'm going to believe I'm not good enough. If others tell me to trust the process, I'm going to focus on trusting the process. But if I start to sit with myself, my truth starts to come out. I start to get more comfortable with my body. I start to get more comfortable with who I am. And that's when, like, I I believe in detachment through definition. To detach, cut the cord from the things that are outside of us, we need to define what's in here. So if I'm seeking my coach's validation, do I validate myself first? If I'm seeking the guidance of everybody out here, am I, get, am I listening to my own inner guidance? So it's about, it's about literally putting up a mirror in front of these athletes and just going, are, what do you, if, well, if you were to define what trust means, what does trust mean? If you were to define what process means, what does it mean to you? That is the, it's the most powerful thing you can do because every single person has a different answer for each of those questions. But what's going to happen is it's going to root them in their own inner power their own inner definition and that that's why it's important to create space for people to to actually have these conversations
0: Well, i would say you know most of the people listening to this and and myself included um you know we we can be guilty of chasing likes we can be guilty of chasing retweets we can be guilty of chasing you know shares um you know especially on social media right? Me too. Exactly you, said. <laughs> um, you know, is it, is it that external validation, right? Of I put out something funny or something I thought was funny and all these people are now sharing it or, you know, I had a quote unquote hot take, um, you know, uh, or, or whatever it may be. So now I feel good about myself because more and more people saw it, Um I, I, I don't know i mean i I'm, i feel like I'm like ready to tell people to get off my lawn here in a sad um but it, i I guess what I'm saying is that it really takes a self aware person coach player you know parent um to know why they're doing what they're doing when it comes to you know, um, and not to say that social media is bad. I mean, We, we use social media on this show all the time. We, we're pro social media. However, what's the reason behind it, I think is probably more important. So, and a good a good lesson for a college athlete, a high school athlete, uh, you know, middle school athlete. Um, you know, it sounds like there's some takeaways there.
2: Yeah. And I, lo- I love that you said that because the, the best, the way to simplify this is it's coming from a full place or it's coming from an empty place. Coming from an empty place is I need that validation. Coming from a full place is I'm sharing it for the sake of sharing it. And this, this is where I always, I ask ath- athletes all the time, take yourself to the end of the thing that you want most. So it's like, okay, what do I want? I want a championship. Why do I want a championship? Because I gonna feel successful. What's the sensation in my body when I feel successful? Free. Do you feel free right now? That's their opportunity you want them to embody the thing that they believe is on the, is at the end of the end result so that they ended up attracting that end result. And so it's the same thing with likes on Instagram. If I have to post on Instagram to get a hundred likes to feel accepted, do I accept myself right now in this moment? Because that's it. it. It's like emptiness is seeking validation. Fulfillment is I validate myself before I rely on the validation of others.
0: I think for uh, for both Erin and I working with college athletes, um, that's, in, I mean, incredibly important. Um, and that may differ male to female too. Um, but, you know, not to say that there, there are insecurities, um, you know, more prevalent in, in one um, gender versus another, because I think both have their own insecurities. I think what it comes down to is how willing are they to talk about those insecurities. And how willing are they um, you know, to, to share those insecurities? Um, it might look different for Aaron's women's team versus my men's team. Um, so I, I don't know. Um, I, I, I find all of this incredibly fascinating. Um, so uh, I wonder, so the, the name Legacy, um, tell the, the audience a little bit where that came from in for folks who haven't seen your shirt and Aaron's modeling one, and um, I see your, your legacy, uh, you know, background there, Vince, that, um, where did that come from? And Aaron, um, I know, uh, talked a little bit about the shirt too, uh, because it's so damn cool. (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. Thanks for asking. Um, For me, it's all about impact, but legacy to me is not um, what you may think. Like, you know, the first time somebody asked me, they said, what in the world will have shifted after you have lived your life? And that, that made me dead, dead silent because I thought about it. I was like, I've never thought about that. What in the world will have shifted after you have lived your life? And that one, I was like, okay, wow, this is, you know, it's all about impact and all that. And then the, the other question I was asked is, what do you want people to say about you at your funeral? And I, I didn't like that question. And I'll tell you why. Because if I'm living my life so that others say something at my funeral, I'm living life for them. I'm not living life for me. So legacy to me is an internal legacy. It's making an impact here. And the byproduct of that is making an impact out here. But if I, it's the same thing. If I focus on winning out there, I'm, I'm, I'm stressed. I'm anxious. I'm tense because I'm trying to get this thing that's out of my control. But if I focus on winning in here, the byproduct of that is attracting winning. And it's the same thing with legacy. I always say, love it, leave, uh, love it, live it, leave it. Love yourself, live your purpose, and you will, the byproduct is you will leave your legacy. Love yourself, live your purpose, and you will leave your legacy. Because a lot of people focus on leaving the legacy first. But this is the thing, is like, I, I can, it, a legacy doesn't have to be like standing on, standing on a stage in front of a thousand people. A legacy could be a one, like a, an interaction with a stranger on the street, a smile. And that that has to come from somewhere. If you're doing it just so that, it's like, oh, I'm going to smile at them so that they have a great day, rather than I'm going to smile at them because I'm genuinely happy with myself. Those are two entirely different situations. And for me, a lot of my life, I was taught to be happy all the time. But what I did was I neglected all of the other emotions that existed inside of me. Like anger, rage, frustration, all these things, I kept them in. And actually, in November, I had the world's largest splenic cyst removed from my body. And I learned that it was from the suppression of all these emotions. And why I share that is because if I'm living for everybody else, but I'm neglecting myself, what's the point? I need to honor all of me so that I can honor all of everybody else if I'm neglecting something in here, I'm actually neglecting something out there.
0: Absolutely incredible. (laughs) Um, I knew uh, just in following you on Instagram that, uh, you know, you had some, some health challenges, Um, didn't realize the, uh, the degree.
1: (laughs) Yeah. He was supposed to come down to Athens and the dang spleen. (laughs) (laughs) it grew another
2: seven centimeters that that week so yeah
1: goodness that's crazy one of the things that that you talked about at the very beginning when you were talking about the lululemon now was your boss an actual coach like of a sport or was she just a coach within lululemon
2: so she was a like a life coach and and the thing with yeah within lululemon they love Coach internal coaching. So they have people at the top coaching managers and leaders to be coaches. And so there's a great culture of like, you know, you know, coaching the next person to become the next coach. Like it was, it's a beautiful system they have in there. So yeah, it was, it was more so life coaching.
1: So, so Mike, what you said, and it stuck with me and, and I'm trying to figure out how to translate this to our players or to any, any player. You said that the questions in the line of questioning she was talking to you about and asking you, she let you find it. She let, How do
2: you define that? Okay. Again, going back to intention. If my intention is for them to find a specific answer, they're going to feel that. But if my intention is to give them space so that they find their own answer, they're, they're going to feel that. And with athletes, they always get awkward at the beginning. They'll be like, I don't know. I don't know the answer. I'm not sure. But if you sit with them and just say like, hey, like I'm not, I'm not trying to get you to anything. Like I just want you – I want to hear what you have to say. I want to hear your truth. So if the question is who are you, a lot of the athletes go, I don't know. It's like, okay, but sit with it for a second. If I were to take away all these things, like what are you left with? And if you just come from a place of curiosity rather than I have the answer and I want to get them to the answer – That's the power. That's where the power is because we're giving them choice. When we give them choice, they feel empowered. And so I know it's, I know this is a more, this is a more off the field type thing, but even on the field, it's like when you ask, um, you know, I try to think of, uh, you know, I went to a a football camp once and the guy, the receivers coach was like, I let all of my athletes get off the line in in however they want. I was like, whoa, like that's, that's crazy. I've never, I've never heard of that before. He's like, well, they've all got the, the, the way that best suits them. And I constantly ask them, how could this be better? And I get them to answer it. And his guys loved him because they were just like, they felt like they could be themselves as a receiver. It's like, he's going to let me get off how I want to get off. And, you know, even, um, you know, if I coach a kid in sports, they're, they're looking for the answer. Cause as, as athletes, we're always told the answer. But instead of going, you should have your head down here, it's going, what do you think you could have done with your body that would help you on the next play? You'd be blown away by what kids, when they actually sit and reflect and they go, oh my gosh, I noticed that I stepped with my left foot first. I put my head down. I shouldn't have done that. Great. Now, what can you do next time? So the idea is like with feedback, it's like fact, impact next time. It's like, what happened? Okay. What was the impact of it? What, what can you do the next time? But getting them to take the responsibility is so powerful.
1: I think, I think in, in this, this podcast about coaching and, and it's so much deeper we hope than just technical tactical. And, and I think so much of what I have found over the last few years is, is I'm my technical tactical coaching is being surpassed, or is being surpassed by my psychosocial life skills mentoring, okay. and everything that you know. You said, "Oh, I, w- I need to take this." You you wanted to take it a technical tactical route. I don't really care. I want to take it to a, a, <laughs> a personal it. route, you know. Like, yeah, yeah we can do because you know you said you, you talk about guided discovery, but so oftentimes guided discovery, we know what the answer is at the end. We're just trying to guide them there. I mean, maybe we don't, you know, as it relate as it relates to life and why I'm doing it and my purpose and my legacy. I don't know the answer to that. Yes. And how do we help them get there? Because as you're and, and I think the basis of everything that you're saying is is being as self aware and as self accepting as you can be, you will be the best athlete you can be
2: yes uh, one thousand percent and if, if if someone's a coach listening if they're self accepting they're going to be accepting of their athletes if they're self aware of themselves they're going to be aware of their athletes if they're self uh loving of themselves they're going to be loving of their athletes that it's just, it's, it's a law, like it's a universal law. What you give in is what you give out. And that's why it's so powerful for coaches to focus on themselves first. And what I mean by that is like, do the work. Like if it's a therapist, if it's a life coach, if it's like, whatever, just get somebody to get to, to help you look at your own blind spots. And the more you do that, your, your athletes will see that you're living in true alignment with what you're trying to tell them. Because you know, you know when somebody comes up to you and they, they're, like, they're talking out of their ass, they're like, yeah, I need you to do this for me. But you know deep down they don't do that. You're like, why should I, why should I do that? Yeah. You can yeah. feel it. It's not even something that you say. It's something you feel. And that's why the embodiment is so much louder than the message.
1: We, we as coaches, and, and, and I know you do this, and, and I think so many more people do this, and I think we're, we're kind of a neglected subset. But everything that we're talking about to love our players don't, don't be defined by what we do, our results, you know, we're just a coach or just a player. That's not how we define ourselves. We do it to ourselves. If we don't – if our team doesn't win a lot of games or we can't get a player that, that in soccer to score goals or to defend goals or to whatever, then we take that personally. And that's human. And we I, – I, I struggle with this big time. I'm not a good enough coach. I'm not a good enough mentor, you know? And I think that's something that everything that you talk about, and I know you work with coaches too, but I know that, that everything you talk about as, as, a, as a player, we have to embrace that too. Because I embrace our, I, I mean, I encourage our players to not be defined by the minutes they play, the goals they score, whatever, but how they treat others, how they treat themselves and, and, and are they being the best version of themselves. I got to do that too. Because I have to be authentic in what I preach to how I live.
2: And see, what's so beautiful about what you just said is you even having the awareness to go, I screw up with this. Because I do too. I'm not sitting here going, I'm perfect. I, that's not how life works. I, I mess up with this as well. But that, the awareness is the goal. Being right and wrong, is not that's not the goal. It's to be aware of it. Because when you're aware, you have, you have the choice. You have the power. And it's that's why it's so beautiful for a coach to be open about their mistakes, because then their their athletes go, geez. Then there's a lot less tension in my body. I, I'm I'm playing out of joy now instead of the fear of failure.
0: I think it's uh, find the joy. <laughs> Aaron's uncle uh, Kenny. Um, he I think he said it better. <laughs>
1: Spell their last name differently. <laughs> you, you got to new way to hold them. You got oh, a new yeah, to new to fold them. I got right. a D in my last name. He doesn't. Poor um, Uncle Kenny. He's <laughs> trying,
0: man. I was trying. <laughs> ben, so um, obviously playing, uh, you know, uh, tackle football, gridiron football, American football, uh, Canadian football, however you want to describe it. Um, do you have a, a soccer club or team that you support? Um, if, if you don't, that's okay. Um, but who is that team in your life that uh, you're absolutely crazy for and, um, you know, just irrational uh, of your love for? Um, because Aaron and I both have uh, soccer clubs that we feel that way about. But I uh, always like to ask our guests, um, you know, that one thing in their life that they feel really strongly about. And even if it's in an irrational sort of way.
2: Jeez. A A team?
0: Yeah. Uh, I know you mentioned basketball, um, obviously yeah. you know, having played football or um, a player or, or you know, uh,
1: I mean, uh, Hamilton tiger cats. Come on, man. <laughs> I, I would, I would
2: say it'd be the Hamilton tiger cats. I, and, and I'm not a, I'm not a super fan by any means, but like my best friends, their equipment manager. Um, you know, I still know some of their guys actually Malik irons who I recruited at Ohio is now playing for Hamilton. So just a crazy small world connection there. Um, so yeah, I like supporting them. I'd say they're, they'd they be my team. Okay. For sure.
0: And, and, why, and why so?
2: Uh, so I coached for them in 2011 and I, li- I now live here because I love Hamilton. And uh, it's just a, when you go to the game, the thing I love about those games, specifically when you go to the games, it's a community event. It's a community experience half the people aren't even watching the game. They're just connecting with each other. And it just goes to show me that the vehicle of sport can be used to bring the world closer together. Like there's, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of people who care if they win or if they lose and absolutely, but there are a ton of people that just show up because they want to connect with people. It's a great vehicle to do so. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I love going there. Cause I, I know I'll see everybody in Hamilton, um, but yeah, that'd be it.
0: Sounds like a, a college football Saturday here in the U S that's uh, that's right. It is. Most people don't even show up to watch the game. They <laughs> just go up to tailgate and hang out. So yeah. <laughs> um, Vince, if uh, people want to follow your work and uh, go ahead and, and plug your website and social media platforms and, and how people can uh, find you.
2: For sure. Uh, it's yeah. at the legacy coaching on Instagram, legacy underscore coaching on Twitter, uh, Vince Luciani on Facebook and LinkedIn. Uh, and right now i'm running a 3333 challenge so it's a 33 days of self discovery uh, online self guided program and uh, i would highly encourage anyone who if this any of these messages r- resonated with you and and you're you're understanding the what but you want you want to deeply understand the how and the practical tools uh, to get to these to these principles uh, i have 33 modules that will help you get there um so i would highly encourage people to sign up for that and all of you Americans get a nice discount on the Canadian dollar. That it's. Uh, that <laughs> is is it, I don't even so, know now. Is yeah, it even? Is it
1: still strong? <laughs> uh,
2: it's probably. It's probably still. It's probably still strong compared to ours. But I'm call Jeff <laughs> and
1: Get him on the line. Yeah, <laughs> he, he's isolated right now. He's yeah, quarantined is, right now. <laughs>
2: um.
0: So, and Vince, you work with individuals. You work with teams. You work with colleges, universities. Um. Yeah. You're, you're you're not just a one trick pony, right?
2: yeah I got, I got a mix of everything and I love also love working with kids it, it's uh that's a really strong passion of mine cuz the, the earlier we set this foundation of self love the, the better for our for our world so
0: 100% of that uh is the the parent of three little ones um I I worry about what just some of the things they've had to live through already um yeah it's not going to get easier <laughs> yeah, 100% <laughs> so 100%. And Steve,
1: Vince, I just looked it up too um one u s dollar is one dollar forty five Canadian
2: yeah, so you guys get a really good discount on my program so wow. I, yeah, we'd I, have
1: to do it online because I don't think we're allowed to actually we can come into the country. I did see that the Americans are allowed to go back and forth to Canada, but we can't leave Ohio now Governor said
2: that's right so. <laughs> no, that's right that's all right it's an online program so it's perfect for right now It's perfect. That's right.
0: Well, Vince, thank you for uh, coming on the latest episode of the On the Touchline podcast, and um, you're welcome back anytime. Uh, that was absolutely fantastic, and um, we will be sure to uh, to plug your work. And um, just really grateful for your insight. That was uh, that was awesome.
2: I'm really grateful for the opportunity. You guys are you guys are great, and I really appreciate the questions. And and the thing I love about most about this is I can really sense the the intention of wanting people to be better wanting these athletes to be better human beings and i, I really I appreciate and admire that and I'm, I'm really grateful that you included me in this so thank
0: yeah guys yeah. uh, go check out vince's work uh, we'll be sure to put that in the show notes and um yeah vince uh thank you so much for for coming on the show thank you Our thanks to Vince Luciani for coming on the latest episode of the On the Touchline podcast. Uh Aaron, Vince was a uh fantastic guest. Uh, enjoyable to have him on.
1: Yeah, Vince is what an amazing guy and and what a entertaining conversationalist. Um I just gosh, there were so many things that that I could take away. I mean, I've spoken with Vince before and philosophically we, I think we all have similar ideas, but I think we just could have kept going on and on for at least another hour just on, on those topics that we we spoke about. And I mean, there's so many takeaways. Um, I mean, one of the things that I had never thought about before um, a lot of the other things, you know, I think about, we think about, we talk about, but he mentioned he doesn't really like the phrase trust the process. And if you really unpack that and you think about that and you think he's right in the sense that if you say trust the process, you're speaking of a specific process, but everybody's process is different. Every team's process is different. Every small group, large group, whatever the process is different. And so I think for me, and I, and I mentioned this in, in when we were talking, trust process, because there is process, but we have to find the process that's right for us as an individual and as, for, as the group. And I think that's probably a more appropriate way of putting it if you are talking about trust what's happening in front of us and trust that we're doing the right thing.
0: Yeah. No, I I completely agree. And I think that's something, um, you know, there's buzz phrases that get thrown around a lot in the cooking world. Um, That is obviously one of them. And I think that, uh, you know, uh, hitting the pause button on what that actually means and really dissecting it is incredibly important. Um, I'm looking at my notes, and of course my handwriting is absolutely terrible, but I'm going to paraphrase here what he said. Um, So, you know, how will the world have shifted once you live your life and so the name legacy is incredibly you know that that is a big word and what does that mean for your impact and how have you changed people's lives and you know we're we're guilty at times I think as coaches and people and you know human beings of of chasing likes and shares and retweets and uh, you know all these things and validating ourselves in external ways in ways that you know I'm an athlete and that's all I know, or I'm a coach. And that's the only part of my identity, you know, but in reality, you're much more than that. So how do you figure that out, you know, and how do you make that impact on people, um, you know, over over the course of a lifetime. So um, that, that for me was amazing and a really great takeaway, um, you know, and, and it goes back to the, uh, you know, the, the marathon versus a sprint, Type of mentality, right? Like we're trying to make this a a long haul impact. You know, we're not trying to do this for a short amount of time.
1: Yeah, and I think if you, those people that aren't familiar with Vince and Legacy Coaching, you go look at his his website. You go look look at his social media, and you see his 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 t-shirts, and they have Legacy written upside down on the shirt. So you can look down, and you can say what does that legacy mean to me and what internally am I doing to fulfill that legacy out and I think I think that's that's a really cool thing it's a really cool t-shirt and it's 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 a it's a really neat really neat thing that he's he's doing and you know I think the last thing and that I I really I really have spent so much of my time as a coach in an evolution is trying to find a way to impact each player individually and to create that opportunity for them to feel validated, to feel affirmed. Because as we talked about in in the conversation, when they feel validated and when they feel affirmed, they're gonna be able to be the best student or athlete or student athlete that they can be and hopefully, it encourages him internally to want to find that. And I think that's that's so very important. And it's such a it's such a a a goal of mine to continue to 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 find.
0: Yeah, no, I I couldn't agree with you more. Um, so uh, yeah, as we navigate this uh, brave new world, uh, go check out Vince's website. Uh, TheLegacyCoaching.com, and uh, I've included a link in the show notes uh, to get you there. And uh, just something uplifting as we all kind of navigate um, quarantines and lockdowns and uh, panic, and you know, just all these emotions. I think we feel right now of getting in touch with ourselves. Um, you know, might be actually a really good time to to do that. So, uh, Aaron, before we close up shop, um, how can people connect with you? on social media
1: at Ohio soccer coach, Instagram and
0: Twitter. And you can find me at soccer coach JB on the same platforms. And um, we're both active uh, on both of those on a a regular basis. Uh, We'll be back next week with a brand new episode of the show. So make sure you subscribe and that way you'll never miss a new episode on your favorite podcasting platform. This has been the latest episode of the On the Touchline podcast. I'm Jason Broadwater. I'm Aaron Rodgers.
2: Yeah, it's Lemon, man. They make your biceps look look bigger,
1: <laughs> or your belly. That's that's the one. <laughs> that's the one I'm worried about right now. But, geez.
2: That was awesome. But
0: well, Vince it. Aaron's had a lot of time on his hands now that we've been all off for the Corona, isolated. And, yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah, he's been uh, hitting the gym, his home gym. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you
2: know,
0: he's been breaking his own records on the bench press.
1: Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> Listen, I, I was. This is no lie. When I was back in the backyard today, kicking those balls into the bin again because I'm so bored. I I I literally did sprints in my own backyard. <laughs>
2: That's awesome. I love that video. That video was awesome.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I was, I'm running like, like my backyard's not very big and, but I'm running like probably like 15 yards from one side to the other. I'll run 15 down and 15 back. And I'm like getting 10 reps in. (laughs) Watching my heart rate on my watch. I'm like, Oh, this is, it shouldn't be this high right now. (laughs) I love it. I love it.